Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm here in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. That's right. We're a little late this week, aren't we? Oh, we are a little late this week. How many people are just just full of, uh, what do you call it? What are they full of, like... They're full of something. They are definitely They're full, full of, of uh, anticipation. 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 Is that like with a ketchup bottle? It, it is kind of, you know so what? you're probably, everybody's wondering, what are they going to do right now? Somebody uh, this week was actually comparing hockey to baseball. And they're like, yeah, I'm more into like hockey and football because it's more of a, you know, action sport. And they're like, but you don't understand. Baseball is a game of anticipation. Right, and so it's it's a better game. So they're kind of arguing for the the preeminence. Well, that's interesting. And the Tampa Bay Rays, yeah, oh, and are in the playoffs, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are Stanley Cup champions. I know it's awesome. We see we're winners here in, in Hillsborough <laughs> County. This is where all this anti sports entertainment people cue uh, the emails. So my email address for those of you that. Uh, have your comments and concerns. Besides that, don't actually email me for that. Is Ryan at twopraise.net. Lightning. <laughs> it's Ryan at topraise.net. Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at topraise, T-O-P-R-A-I-S-E, dot net, N-E-T. Uh, Ryan at topraise.net. That's the email address to reach us. So, yes, we are a little bit late. Uh, last week with Mikvahs and then Yom Kippur, and, you know, and all the stuff we well, had. we did do it on me 32. We did. The song we, we of did. Moses. But, but what I mean is this Monday, oh, being Yom Kippur. <sighs> wow. I had to move some work stuff around, right. so then Tuesday was all messed up, and I didn't even let Pastor Nick know until Tuesday morning. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we haven't gotten to that because we're, we're short on time today, yeah. even more, right? So it's just like... We're good. But you know what they say, right? Get in where you fit in. So a couple of exciting things going on. So last year, season two, we did 12,700 listens roundabout, right? And by say we yeah. did, you did. You did 12,700 right. listens or so, give or take. This year, season three, we just broke the 20,000 listens mark. We sure did. Folks, that's huge. There's no debating that. And that's not fake news. It's huge. It's real. Ah, it's the best podcast ever, and I love podcasts. It's the best podcast. <laughs> so we're pretty excited about that. As you guys can imagine, we're very grateful uh, that you guys are pressing in to the things of God and to the Torah with us, that you're helping us spread the news that the Torah is for Christians, that the Torah is relevant for today, that the Torah is not bondage, it's not the persecution of the church, it's not legalism, and it's not Judaizing, or whatever other term you want to come up with to put it down. The Bible says quite the opposite, and that's what we do. Week in and week out is we show you that the Torah is awesome. That's right. um, Tabernacles starts tomorrow evening. And so we're pretty excited about getting started with Tabernacles. It's going to be for seven days. Plus, guess what? You get a bonus eighth great day. Which is a feast day in and of itself. It is. It is, absolutely. Um, And so we're going to be having some cool events here at the church. We have a... uh, 
Uh, starting tomorrow night, and then we have Shabbat. We'll be doing a tabernacle celebration service, obviously, and then Monday night we'll also have some fun and games. We're doing Tabernacles, Family Feud slash Tabernacles is Right, uh, you know, a little game for the families. Is right. trivia action. Lip sync battle. Yep, and a lip sync battle. So that'll all be really good. Um, so hopefully you guys are pressing in. You've got some form of a, you know, temporary dwelling that you're going to be hanging out in with your family, eating that's and right. doing stuff with. Because um, that's what it's all about, right? We just we have these low-hanging fruits that God has given us to keep his commandments. One of them is a fun, festive thing where we get outside with the it's family. A season of joy. You know, we got through the season of Teshuvah uh, to return. And, of course, we did that very well. We did the Daniel fast on Elul 1 to 21. And then, of course, we jumped right into the fall feast with uh, Yom Teruah, 10 days of all. And then, of course, we also got to uh, celebrate uh, in a solemn assembly, Yom Kippur, Monday night, closing of the gates. Here it is, a nice Thursday afternoon. We're going to jump right into our message for the hour, for the season. We're going to be looking at tabernacles, past, present, and future. Future, future, future. That's right. Future, future. Tabernacles, past, present, and future. So the Lord has eight festivals for his people to celebrate. And you can find this in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 1 through 44. One, one again, just want to reiterate. Chapters 1 through 17 in Leviticus is the way to God. So even like the dietary laws, clean and unclean, Leviticus 11, that's actually your way to God. But chapters 18 to 27 is the walk with God. Cannot stress this enough for those of you that are listening. So once again, we are in Leviticus chapter 23. And this whole chapter is all about the Lord's feast. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 2, it says, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Now, we know that the Jews celebrate the Lord's feast. They celebrate the feasts, but just remember, they are the Lord's feast, and anybody can celebrate them if they so choose. There's a lot of stuff packed within this verse, verse 2 of Leviticus 23, but the word convocations is number 4744 in the Strong's Concordance. It is the Hebrew word mikra. And it means the following. So this word mikra means something called out, a public meeting, or a rehearsal. You know, when the Tampa Bay Lightning won their Stanley Cup yesterday, they had a boat parade. Mm. I guess you got some safe distance with that. I suppose. Well, they also didn't allow the, the Trump boat parade to join in. It was uh, just the lightning players in the boat parade. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. But, but like I said, I mean, you know, and they had a, a few places where they could assemble and space out to watch, actually see the boat parade. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I guess the Stanley Cup was on a boat as it went by. It, it was. Because that's, that's the picture I saw. You know, uh, my, my son Josiah, my firstborn son, uh, when they won the Stanley Cup in 2004, he was like two years old mm. or a year and a half. And I, I, I took him to the parade. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was a pretty good memory. I so w- once again, the word mikra means something called out, a public meeting, a rehearsal. How cool is that? A rehearsal. Well, and listen, if you're rehearsing partying for eight days, I mean. It's really great. This is bondage. There are so <laughs> many cool things contained within this this podcast, Tabernacles Past, Present, Future, to look forward to. It is unbelievable. Uh, but in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 3, it tells us, Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, 
a holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. And that's every Saturday? You know, what's interesting, Ryan, is that when you look at the continuation as we finish up Deuteronomy next week, chapters 33 and 34, when the uh, Jewish people do their readings, they read all the way to, if I'm not mistaken, um, I guess it's Genesis chapter 2 and, and verse 8 or 3. I think it's verse 3. But they read all about the creation and then he rested on the seventh day ah, to I kick like off it. the yeah. very next Torah cycle. Nice. So with that said, we know that we need to look at this. Uh, so Sabbath is actually the very first feast day mentioned in Leviticus chapter 23. But we have the spring feast as well. We have a, actually, here's four more feast days. We have Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Pentecost. And we know that Yeshua fulfilled the spring feasts. Uh, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Pentecost. If you add Sabbath to that, that actually gives you five of the eight feast days. But as we draw and, and go into the fall feast, it, con it consists of trumpets, Day of Atonement, and tabernacles. Okay, you can say trumpets is Yom Teruah, Day of Atonement is Yom Kippur, and tabernacles would be Sukkot. Now, we will continue to rehearse the feasts of the Lord until Yeshua fulfills the fall feasts. Boy, that's going to be awesome. So what we're dealing with today in our modern day culture and something we all had to deal with were pagan holidays. Not going to go into all of that because we want to preach truth, preach the real feast days, but what a counterfeit uh, it is when you look at the pagan holidays. So here's my little quote. There is something inside of us that wants to celebrate something. Absolutely. Right? There is something inside of us that wants to celebrate something. You know, as I'm doing this podcast, my son, Micah, Micha, is 16 years old. Micha, 17, Micha, he was 16? born in the evening, which is interesting. And on Monday, last Monday, my firstborn son, Josiah, he turned 20. I saw that. 20 years old on Yom Kippur. Wow. So when the sun went down and we broke the fast... We took him out to dinner. Wow, yeah. He loved it. It was I great. Did. So what a, what a great time that we're living in. And, and also today, it's my mother-in-law's birthday as well. What? Can't give her age, though. <laughs> Happy birthday, Pastor yeah, Tikva. Yeah, that's right. Happy birthday. So the feast days, including the Sabbath, show all of mankind two things. Okay? The feast days, including the Sabbath, show all of mankind two things. Number one, man has divine appointments to meet with his creator. So when you celebrate the feast, you're literally walking with God. That's number one. Man has divine appointments to meet with his creator. Thank you, Abba. Well, that's actually the word feasts is moed. That's right. Or moedim, which right. means appointed time. Cool. It's an appointment. And, and, and it's, it's building up. It's, it, the progressive revelation is right there as we look, look in hindsight, as we look at the, the past and we're, we're looking at the future. But number two, they show the redemptive plan of the creator for his creation. Yeah. You know, right now we're in 5781 in, in, in the course of the Hebrew calendar, and they're saying 5,781 years ago, uh, you know, here's the story of creation, here's Adam and Eve, blah, 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 which is, it's all well and good. But I'm telling you that I think we're closer to the 6,000 mark than we even know, but that's beside the point. Did that, you know that I mean, they believe that the day uh, that they start the calendar on is the day that Adam, um, or that the sun, moon, and stars were created, because God created the sun, moon, and stars for the purpose of having a calendar. 
That's it, because it'll be for signs. For signs and for seasons and for days and for years, right? So it's the calendar, it's the seasons, meaning the Moedim or the festival. So he actually created the sun, moon, and stars to tell you when the festivals would be, which is pretty cool. And then if that's not cool enough, which it is pretty cool, right, that uh, we know now that Adam uh, was then born, what, just a couple days later, right? What is it? Uh, I think that was the third or fourth day. Um, it's got to be the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, fourth day of creation that uh, Adam was. Very interesting. Some moon stars were created. That is interesting. You know, when when you look at think about it, because you know God is a creator, and it's very important that we all be creative. Yeah. You know, be creative. You know, my kids are always drawing and coloring and doing stuff, and I've got like I could open up a museum. I mean, you're always drawing and yeah, coloring I got stuff. pictures up in my office. I mean. Yeah. I got Jonah over here. I got, you know, Jesus is the light of the world. Um, you know, so anyway. Let's just um, say the decorations are not like Monet, but like a really good artist did yeah, this. Yeah, I'll know? tell you. It's, it's really good. So the Feast of Tabernacles is the final feast that is celebrated. And of course, you can, you can find this in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 39 through 43. Now, Ryan, go ahead. Once you read Leviticus 23, 39, as we approach these fall feasts, as this verse will actually kick in tomorrow night. That's right. This is the linchpin right here. It says, Also, in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when ye have gathered in the fruit of the Lamb, ye shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. Yeah. So just so there's no confusion. Right. Tabernacles is, of course, seven days. But what they're telling you is, in this verse, the first day, right, which is Friday night to Saturday, right, which is, which is tomorrow night, is the 15th day of the seventh month. Well, what, what's going to happen? Well, that's a holy day. It's a no working and day. And then, of course, then they attach the eighth great day on the, right on the end of, you know, Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah. So on the seventh day of, of the Feast of Tabernacles, you could still work. Yeah, that's not... So it's it, just the first day and then the eighth day. And not to confuse people that's even like a, more... That's like two pieces of bread. This year, it just so happens that the first and eighth day of Tabernacles it's falls Shabbat. on the weekly Sabbath. And you know what? This is so good. I don't have to close the <laughs> office. All my staff gets to work. Ah, there you this go. This is good. Ah, he's a slave dog. That's right. So October 2nd in the <laughs> evening is the 15th day of the seventh month, which is called Tishri. Uh, of course, no, no names of the months are in the Bible. So that's the year 2020. So here we go. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles, once again, is celebrated in the seventh month on the 15th day for seven days. So this is going to go from October the 2nd to October the 9th. All right. So here we go. So once again, this particular podcast is all about tabernacles, past, present, and future. So I'm going to turn it over to Ryan because he's going to talk about tabernacles in the past. Ooh, yeah. So here we go. So <clears throat> tabernacles in the past is to remember how God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. <clears throat> excuse me. Brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and had them live in temporary shelters or booths while traveling in the wilderness. We can find this in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 42 and 43, which says, Ye shall dwell in booths seven days. All that the Israel all that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths, that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am the Lord your God. So that's why you build a sukkah. Well, and this to word commemorate that. this word booths, which is three times in these two verses, and also in the quote What's over here. What's the Hebrew word for booths? Shelters. I'm getting to it. It's sukkahs. Sukkot. Sukkot. 
So a sukkah is the actual temporary shelter. The sukkot being booths, as in the plural. So you have sukkah as the singular word, sukkot being the plural. The, um, but this, as you can see, when you have the name of the, the, the holiday being tabernacles, tabernacles is kind of like, you know, so, wow, I'll tell you what. We're, we're about to, we have a special guest that just came into the podcast room. It's Pastor Tikva, and it is her birthday. And so what's exciting about that is that she's getting a cup of coffee while we're doing it. She's sneaking in here. Because we're celebrating. Because <laughs> we're celebrating the in-gathering of the eggs. Look, she's even got a, Look, she's got some cake. <laughs> so there she goes. We're in celebration mode. We are in celebration mode. It's, it's party time. So back to what I was saying. Uh, booths, the word in English... Sukkot is the word in Hebrew, and that's why the holiday is called Sukkot. Now, how we got tabernacles, well, the tabernacle in the wilderness was actually a booth, right? It was the fallen booth of David, you may have heard it called in the past. You've heard other names for it, but we're talking about a, a temporary dwelling for God. And eventually when they get to Hebron, or not to Hebron, to uh, Shiloh, 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 and then when they get to uh, Jerusalem, they eventually build a permanent dwelling for God in those places. And notice the word booths is found three times within those two verses. I mean, that's divine of the Lord. Booths, wow. booths, booths. Divine and of the Lord. So That's right. Um, King Solomon dedicated the temple during tabernacles, during Sukkot, which I think that almost makes sense. I mean, think about this. If you're going to throw a huge party, then it would make sense to do it when everybody's already coming, right? Because they're already coming up to Jerusalem for Sukkot. So dedicating the temple would make sense to do it during tabernacles. Now, 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 2 says, And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto King Solomon at the feast of, in the month of Athenium. Athenium? Athenium? Which is the seventh month. Athenium. So th- hey, look, is that... Hey, Athenium, is, is that a month? That's a, that's a new word. That's a name of a month. We need to look that one up. <laughs> got to look that one up. How did that pop wow. in there on us? <laughs> Thank you, King James. And then 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 8 and 9, I was just reading this last night, says, Also at the same time Solomon kept the feast seven days, and all Israel with him, a very great congregation, from the entering in of Hamat unto the river of Egypt. And in the eighth day they made a solemn assembly, for they kept the dedication of the altar seven days, and the feast seven days. Just just a reminder that in uh, 1 Kings 8, we have the mention of the seventh month, but that's when, of course, King Solomon dedicated the temple. But just a reminder that King Solomon's prayer is found in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 22. And it's going to go all the way through, uh, I, I believe, verse 53. Now, as you go into 1 Kings chapter 8, just, just remember that there's actually a part in there where you are to lift up hands and ask for forgiveness and pray towards the temple mount. As a matter of fact... Because there's a plague in each man's heart. There is a plague. It talks about the plague. It talks about that the stranger that reaches his hands towards Jerusalem, that his prayers will be answered by God, um, that God will look upon his prayers favorably. And so check out First Kings 8, because it's relevant for today, because it actually says right here that uh, whatsoever plague, whatsoever sickness there be, once, not, once again, Israel is under a lockdown because of the coronavirus. It says in verse 38 of 1 Kings 8, What prayer and supplication soever be made by any man or by all thy people Israel, which shall know every man the plague of his own heart and spread forth his hands toward this house, then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and forgive and do and give to every man according to his ways, whose heart thou knowest, for thou even thou only knowest the hearts of all the children of men. Yeah. It goes on to talk about, you know, 
the stranger or whatever. But this is a powerful prayer that's relevant for today, Ryan. Absolutely. And I just want to include that as, as we're, of course, looking at this eighth great day. And if you want some further study Second on Chronicles that. Chronicles 7, 8, 9. But. Yeah, if you guys want some further study on that, uh, Zach Waller and Luke Hilton from uh, Hayavel just released, I mean, literally either yesterday or the day before, just released their new book called Facing Jerusalem. And it's a book all about the Christian world and how we need to get our you know selves facing Jerusalem. And this is specifically the template that they're using in that regard. So uh, the eighth great day comes up at the end of the seven days. In John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38, it says here, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of of living water. Now, here's what's cool about this. What's significant... The, the water libation ceremony, man, right? you just like take everything and... You can just, have it. <laughs> I didn't know you were going there. So Jesus is standing there at the temple, and they're doing what they call a water libation ceremony, where they have these big pitchers of water, and they're doing water libations to God. And so he's standing there, he's, he's telling, he's proclaiming this verse, right? That anybody who comes to me, right, and believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And so that's what, I mean, when you take that and you say, look, this water libation is going on at the time. Because they need rain this. for the crops. Absolutely. So they're bringing the water from the Pool of Siloam, and they're having this big procession, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're going to bring it all over to the altar and then pour it out. Yeah pretty cool it is pretty cool and, and this is going down and yeshua seizes the moment absolutely see people want to come against judaism and different customs and rituals but he didn't come against it yeah he came alongside and says hey you know what check this out i would say the biggest mistake would be to say that now the water libation ceremony is done away with right and i would say that i would argue that i think that misses the point right he's right. using this as an object lesson to show you the depth of what's actually going on here absolutely and it's important not to miss the point um all right so the prophet nehemiah played a big part in the restoration of not only the rebuilding of the walls of jerusalem but also the feast of tabernacles as well in nehemiah chapter 8 verses 14 and 15 it says and they found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths in the feast of the seventh month, and that they should publish and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go forth unto the mount and fetch olive branches and pine branches and myrtle branches and palm branches and branches of thick trees to make booths as it is written. So it's being restored. Well, and I love, 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 love verses like this, and this happens many, many times. It's a pattern throughout scriptures that they find the scriptures, right? They rediscover the Torah and its commandments. They immediately become obedient, and God blesses the heck out of them, right? And I just feel like that's a uh, just a picture of our lives today. Amen? That's good. Uh-huh. All right, so Isaiah... So once again, we're, we're still talking about tabernacles in the past. We are still talking about tabernacle. Right. We are in the Bible, actually. That's which, good. Which, correct, yes. So Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 says, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us, which means God with us. That's awesome. Now, do you get the connection here? Wow. I'm going to let you take this one because I know that you're... No, you can have you it. You sure? Because I'll, I'll get into the present. Okay. You're doing really good right now. So... In the book of Revelation and in the book of uh, Matthew and in the Gospels, he's laughing at me, I got to tell you. You know, it's amazing we get this done. Hey. You know, um, so the uh, in the heavens, right, there's a sign, right, that the virgin Virgo, um, there's a constellation that occurs. 
And we know, what is it, 3 BC? Yeah, 3 BC at the Feast of Trumpets. At the Feast of Trumpets. that This the sign was fulfilled in Revelation 12. Yeah, it's very interesting. So it's a speculation or a theory that Yeshua could have been born on the Day of Trumpets. Yeah, I mean, I would think... Fall feast, so... I would think other prophecies come true to the day, to the hour, and all that. And so the, why would angels this one? herald the shepherds? You know. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. It makes sense. It's a great way for us to point, you know, ourselves in the right direction as far as when Yeshua was born. And many, many, many people celebrate the birth of, of Yeshua at Tabernacles time, uh, and the reason for that being obviously the timing that we're looking at here, and because he came and tabernacled with us. Around tabernacles. And where, and where our sacrifice is born, but in a manger. In a wow. Manger. Yeah. All right. So John chapter 1, verse 14 says this. It says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And he beheld his glory, the glory of his, uh, as of the only and begotten. And we beheld his glory. I'm sorry. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and, and this is the, truth. the, the disciple John, the, the apostle John. But yeah, dwelt among us. You yeah, know, he dwelt. You know that's, that's pretty cool. You know, so that's tabernacles in the past. Now we're going to move forward into the present. Now the feast of tabernacles should be celebrated today. The feast of tabernacles should be celebrated today. I agree. In Leviticus chapter twenty-three, verse forty-one, it says, "And you shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. Ye shall celebrate it in the seventh month." So when you're building your sukkah and you're going into all this, you say, hey, kids, 3,500 years ago, God brought us out of, of, of Egypt. We had temporary booths. And this is what we're commemorating, how God delivered us from Egypt. We know Egypt represents the world. So a lot of cool things. Uh, seven days and once again, a statute forever. So in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days. Okay, very interesting. So once again, Paul was teaching the Gentiles the feast days. That's what he was doing. So when you start doing these things, people judge you, right? And so keep that in context, you know. People say, well, you don't have to do that, and this and that, and they'll start to judge you because of it. Well, you're choosing to do it. We don't have to do anything, but we get to. Oh, that's a good word. We get to. So as we look at today, uh, today's tabernacles, it should be celebrated today in, in the present. Uh, I have here my personal testimony on the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, of course, Danielle and I were betrothed during the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem on October the 19th, 1997. You know, a uh, a quick story here. There's a, there's a show on Netflix called Stissel. Season Stissel. one and two. Stissel. It's about a family, Orthodox family. And the cool thing is, uh, is when Akiva goes to inquire or, 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 or meet this young lady to perhaps become betrothed or like whatever. A matchmaker set. Yeah, a little matchmaker hotel lobby. Yeah. This is the very hotel that my wife and I got betrothed in or began a courtship. Incredible. So when I watched Stischel, because I, you know, I like things that are you know Jewish and different things, uh, I thought, wow, this is really cool. So on October 19th, 1997, it's called the, uh, you know, it, it's right now called the Prima Kings Hotel, but it's right there on the corner in Jerusalem. But during Tabernacles, I got to confess my love for my wife and her love for me, and we began a courtship 
once again back in 1997 in Jerusalem during Tabernacle. So what an awesome testimony. And I'll conclude with some more uh, Feast of Tabernacles personal testimonies as well. But as we move forward, remember now, uh, it's relevant for today. And everyone can go online and look up booths, sukkahs. And sukkahs come in different styles and sizes. Oh, boy, do they. Okay. So as you listen to this podcast, just I want to remind you that you should be able to go on our website uh, or go on our YouTube channel and look up Tabernacles Past, Present, and Future, and you'll actually be able to visually see these slides and, and pictures that we have, because we have some pictures here that we can't really show you. Yeah. But once again, sukkahs come in different styles and sizes once again it is a temporary dwelling and levels booth. of effort i mean there have been years where like i dug post holes and put four by four yeah. posts on the corner yeah and then like this year not so much i mean yeah. i used some two by fours and some two by threes that, that's you know it's a temporary dwelling place so in hosea 12 9 here's another testimony uh it says here dwell in booths and i that am the lord thy god from the land of egypt will yet make thee to dwell in tabernacles as in the days of the solemn feast now, what I want to share with all of you is this. Back in 2003, because my father-in-law passed away November 17th, uh, 2002, and uh, we were meeting in our, in our uh, modular, but we did not have a certificate of occupancy. So it came about that we were made aware of this. So we couldn't meet in, in, in the building. Right. So we're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? But we just could not do? meet it. It was against the law. So we put a tent up because we did not have our certificate of occupancy. We put this tent up, and it, was so, it went, went over so well that we did the following year in 2004. And so we loved putting the tent up. And uh, I think we did it a few more times, but uh, be nice to revisit that as well. So once again, you know, something to think about. Uh, let me read the verse again, Hosea 12, 9. And I, then am the Lord thy God, from the land of Egypt, will yet make thee to dwell in tabernacles as in the days of the solemn feast. So basically, I'm going to cause you to celebrate tabernacles again. And once again, you will build booths. So I'm going to turn it over to Ryan because as we are, of course, looking at tabernacles in the past, tabernacles in the present, uh, just a reminder that the Feast of Sukkot or tabernacles is also called the Feast of in gathering which omg this has got to be the most exciting part god is not scattering he's gathering he's gathering right right because if you not gather if you don't gathereth you scattereth i think is what it says and, and so it's interesting too as he reads this next verse we are coming at the conclusion at the end of the harvest yeah well and season. i have i have one question for you this year there's a lot of people with a lot of different ideologies that listen to this podcast and have different ideas about Scripture and things like that. But let me ask you this one question. The Feast of Tabernacles is here. Is your ideology gathering people or is it scattering people? Are you bringing people together? Is there is there oh, that's a good word. gatherings of people that are coming like together with you? Are, you? are you focused on unity and how we can get together and do the same things to honor God at the same time? Or... Are you finding ways to split and divide and push people away? Just think about that. Food for thought. All right. Exodus chapter 23, verse 16 says, And the feast of harvest, the first fruits of thy labors, which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering, which is in the end of the year, when thou hast gathered in thy labors of the field. Well, so, so, Ryan, what you're reading there, I just want to reiterate this to everyone listening, that this particular reference of Exodus 23, 16, 
Also, Deuteronomy 16, 16 are the three national feast days. Right. You'll see different names for them, but it's Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. Those right. are the three national feast days. We've talked about that many times, about what that means, what it entails, but this is just to let you know that the Feast of Ingathering is Sukkot Tabernacles, and it says what? It, it, of course, in the end of the year. Correct. And, and right now, we just got a report that, I guess they're up to 250 tons of grapes for this harvest as they're going to close out October, perhaps even part of November. I don't know, but that they're, they're, they're pulling these grapes and, and it's the end of the year. Well, and this also shows you that even since the book of Exodus, there was two years, two new years, two, two uh, key dates that were kind of benchmarks for the year. You had the beginning of the month, the biblical new year, and right? the civil new year. Right. Exactly. Right. Which is the spiritual new year and the physical new which year, which is okay. Right, exactly. It will. It is. But I'm just showing you here I from say a scriptural okay. standpoint. I appreciate that. You give us the grand... Yeah, it's okay. It's going to be all right. The name of the Father. Whatever we didn't quite get right, Yeshua will fix. Okay, exactly. Well, that's my point about unity when I mention that, is because we could really pick at gnats. Tabernacles is rocking, folks, tomorrow night. It is. So Leviticus chapter 23, verse 39 says, Also in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when ye have gathered in the fruit of the land, ye shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. Which I know we already read that, but it's just more showing you the names of the feast itself. And I just noticed that it talks about gathering in the fruit of the land again. I know, isn't it great? I didn't, I didn't catch that until just now. Well, and look, I mean, you talk about the Feast of the Harvest and the first fruits being Sukkot. Not Sukkot, Shavuot, I apologize. Right. And then the Feast of Ingathering being Shavuot, Sukkot and, and Shavuot. It and it says right here, on the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. Boom, there you go. Wow. Yeah, yeah the eighth That's day. That's good. So in other words, you were correct. And the Bible, so gathering verses, Bible right? So. You get to just hit some of these gathering verses. I love to gather, too. So Psalm chapter 50, verse 5 says, Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Isaiah... Ooh. Ooh, I know, right? Well, I, when you go to church, you bring a sacrifice of praise. Ooh, your body should be a living sacrifice. And you have to go to church to do that. Yeah. Yes, you do. You got to get together. You don't bring your offering to Walmart. I mean, you should be bringing a sacrifice to praise to Walmart. It's the only thing that's going to protect you. A sacrifice of praise is a lot better than a sacrificial animal. I agree. I agree. All right, so Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11 says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Now, why is this particular reference so important, Ryan? Because I want to reiterate this. The book of Isaiah is, 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 is like a picture of, of the Bible. There's 66, what, chapters oh, in yeah. Isaiah, and there's 66 books of the Bible. So chapters 1 through 39 is reflective of the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah. Chapters 40 to 66 is a picture of the New Testament. So bam, right out of the gate, bam, there it is. Boom, there it is. Yeah. Chapter 40. And, and, New Testament. And so if you're not catching why that's so cool and prophetic, we're talking about gathering that's a little together, nugget. right? That's, that's just a little... Little nugget. Little nugget. Little nugget. Little tidbit, yes. Yeah, get a little nugget. He's talking about gathering together, and what is the purpose of the New Testament? It is God's redemptive plan to gather the exiles. I mean, how much... What did Yeshua say? I only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He sure did say that. Woo. All right, so Isaiah chapter 43, also in uh, that 40 to 66 section, verses 5 and 6, says, Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. 
Man, praise God that he's gathering us. Here, Isaiah chapter 54, verse 7 says, For a small moment I have forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. God is faithful. Now, when you look to the West, it's the United States. It sure is. So Isaiah chapter 56, verse 8 says, The Lord God, which gathereth the outcasts of Israel, saith, Yet will I gather others to him beside those that are gathered unto him. Isaiah 40, Isaiah 43, Isaiah 54, Isaiah 56. So wait, d- does this verse it's say... a little progressive revelation here. Does this say what I think it says? It says, Yet will I gather others to him beside those that are gathered unto... This is a whole lot of gathering going on. Is that on. me? I believe it is. It is you. It's me. It is you. It's me. He's it's talking moi. about me. It's moi. It's me. Man, all right, let's keep going. Jeremiah 23.3, And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whither I have driven them, and will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. There's this gathering going on. Oh, there's Why sure is Hayovel in the land? Oh, because they're being gathered. Because they're being gathered. Jeremiah Jeremiah 29, 14 says, And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Man, praise God, I tell you. You know, chapter 29, 30, 31, and 32 of Jeremiah is outstanding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's cool, too, because there's a famous verse in there, chapter uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, right? For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans, you know, to, not to harm you, but to oh, give you a wow. hope and a future. And that's from him. <clears throat> but people stick that on, you know, their notebooks right. and bumper stickers. It's a real good bumper sticker scripture. It's for God's purpose. But what's it about? God's purpose. It's about gathering us together back God's in the land. God's purpose. Come on, so So if you want to go to Israel, <laughs> I think this is talking to you. Man, I... I, I here's what's even cooler, right? Because one of the big things we talk about is reading the scriptures in context. It's important to to include the context when we're interpreting scripture, because if we don't, we might take things out of context, right? Which we all know what happens when we do that. Well, this is cool because when we add Jeremiah twenty nine eleven to this and understand that it's in the context of the the regathering and the reconciliation of the whole house of Israel together in the land. Praise God. That's exactly right. He does have plans for us. Those plans aren't to harm us. They're to give us a hope in the future. Together, being gathered in the land. This is, I mean, the news is so good, it, it, it's almost like gospel good, you know? It's good news. <laughs> it is good news. So Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24 says this, For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Now listen up, folks. Chapter 36 also has some really great verses. I would encourage you to read chapter 36 and chapter 37 completely in Ezekiel because they really do have awesome, awesome, awesome things. You'll notice that this verse we're talking about gathering in context, talking about the restoration and regathering of the whole house of Israel. Chapter 37, verse 21 says this. It says, And say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. Hallelujah. As I mentioned, and that's Ezekiel 37, 36 and 37. In context, these verses, the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. All right, moving on. Micha, 
Chapter 2, verse 12 says, I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Basra, as the flock in the midst of their fold. They shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. A noisy bunch. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's cool because, again, we're reading a ton of verses, I can, I know. But it's a lot of good stuff. It's a good promise. And what it is is, this is not just, oh, look, that one verse that they took out of context. No, we're showing you that the whole of the prophets is talking about this event that is, that is foretold. <coughs> All right, so Micah 4, 6 says, In that day, saith the Lord, will I assemble her that, hate, that halteth, and I will gather her that is driven out, and her that I have afflicted. Praise God. Zechariah chapter 10, verses 8 and 9. I will hiss for them and gather them, for I have redeemed them, and they shall increase as they have increased. And I will sow them among the people, and they shall remember me in far countries, and they shall live with their children and turn again. Oh, so this culminates all the way it up. It sure does. I'll take it from here. You go ahead. I knew you were going to do that. Oh, Deuteronomy 30, verses 1 through 4 is so powerful. Deuteronomy 30, verses 1 through 4. Oh, I've been living this out every year. Check this out. And it shall come to pass, when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations, whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee. So just think about it. You're reading the Torah. You're, you're figuring all those things you're doing right. You're figuring all those things that you're doing wrong. But it goes on to say in verse 2, in Deuteronomy 30, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children, with all thine heart and with all thy soul. So here we have this great return. You're bringing to mind the blessings and the cursings. You're not in Israel. You're all around the world listening to this podcast. And you're like, oi vey, I'm returning. Deuteronomy 30 verse 3. That then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. So right now we're in the midst of, of, of creating and looking at a Beit Tehillah Israel, having a place in Israel to stay and come alongside the Jewish people. Does everybody understand that listening to this? Does everybody understand that? That we've got to be in the land somehow helping the Jewish people. So Deuteronomy 30 verse 4 if any of thine be driven out unto the outmost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. So if you're a non-Jew and you have Torah, and you love Israel, and you love the Jewish people, you are a part of this plan. Amen. You're not replacing anybody. Amen. You're a part of this plan. I can't deny this. I can't deny this, you know. And it goes on to say, even in Matthew 3.12, uh, in reference to gathering again, John the Baptist is quoted as saying, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, the garner is a barn, and this is actually in regards to the month of June and July uh, when he would gather his wheat. So do you want to meet him behind the barn? (laughs) (laughs) You know, or... Do you want to be in the barn? I want to be carefully gathered into the barn. We definitely want to do that. So uh, Matthew 13, 30, let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. 
So, you know, people are so quick, and, and I'm not against this this thought, but <laughs> people are so quick to want to be out of here. I know. He's gathering up the tares first. The wheat and tares grow up together. They do. So we're trying to figure this all out. Well, but don't be so end, quick to want to be to that that end, one to be gathered. I'm not saying that everything in the Bible is in chronological order, right? We can agree on that. Some things are cyclical, and you have to kind of figure out how they mesh together. But the wheat and the tares grow up together. The tares get pulled up. They get burnt with unquenchable fire, right? The two are in the field. They're out there. One gets taken. The other's left behind, right? Two are grinding at the mill. One gets taken. The other left behind. Guess what? In all three of those cases, the one left behind seems to be getting the better end of the deal. Well, it's something to think about. I'm just You saying. know, here's another thing, too. I mean, I don't want anybody challenging us to say that we don't believe in the rapture or the catching away of the saints. We, we absolutely, positively believe in the absolutely. catching away. You know, uh, some would even say, and I would say that when Messiah comes back, we're not going to go up and he comes down. We're going to be with him. You know, when he's in the clouds, that's his glory. Amen. There's no sense in everybody going up and he's coming down. So in Matthew 24, 31, it says, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. You know, a lot of Christian commentary would say, well, here you go. If you, work, if you look up the word elect, it's Jew and non-Jew, it's believers. Right. So we can't, like, separate the ethnic groups or the nationalities, you know. So he says that he would gather his elect from the four winds. Also, the, the angels also represent pastors. Uh, pastors are angels. Angels are pastors. So it's something to think about. John eleven fifty two, And not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Come on. Now this is uh, Caiaphas is prophesying in John eleven fifty two. I know. So he's talking about and referencing Yeshua and what he's going to do. That he also should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Not just for the Jewish people, but others too. Yeah, not for that nation only. So that's that's a that's a that's a good because that's, they've always believed that Messiah was for the whole world, not just for the Jewish people. I mean, that's the beauty of it. In First Thessalonians four seventeen, we're talking about gathering. This is exciting. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord of the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now that's His presence. That's His glory. Amen. Now the cool thing is, I like that verse. Yeah, some people want to just verse. die in their sleep. Or I want to be a martyr. Oh, no, alive. No, I claim this one. Alive and remain, I want to be alive and remain, caught up together yeah. to meet him in the air. Isn't that cool? I want to be an AR, alive and remain. I'm telling you, so think about that. The Feast of Tabernacles is also called the season of our joy because it follows the season of repentance, or teshuva. So in Leviticus 23.40, we have the reference to the lulav, the waving of the lulav, the lulav itself, the, 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 the species here. Check this out. And you shall take you on the first day the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and the boughs of thick trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. So what does the lulav consist of? But this palm branch, willow branches, myrtle branches, and the citron, the, the etrog, and the we fruit. Have, and it's so much fun, too. What a cool little tradition. So we've, dis we've discussed and shared with you, with great joy, tabernacles in the past, tabernacles in the present so now ryan's going to be sharing about hey what about tabernacles in the future drum roll please all right zechariah chapter 14 verses 16 through 19 says, wait you, you you got it 
You're doing it. I am. I'm doing it. You're jumping right I in am there. I'm jumping I, right I, in. Yeah, I was just looking at that one. I'm yeah. just getting a little springboard here. You got there. Zachariah. That's right. It says, And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. And if the family of Egypt go not up and come not, that have no rain, there shall be a plague wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen that come not up to to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Thus shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, this is one of the very clear scriptures that shows that during the reign of Yeshua that the nations will be coming up for the feast and that those that don't come up for the Feast of Tabernacles are not going to receive rain. You heard us mention earlier no about the um, the water libation ceremony being about a, a water offering to God, that you go, you get it out of the Pool of Siloam, you pour it out at the temple, and that this is a uh, an offering in order to get um, rain from God, to get that blessing. And so being that as part of it, that's the connection between rain and the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, but also, man, Tabernacles is prophetic to the return of Yeshua and the we- uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we don't really have um, a bunch of verses listed here in my notes, but I will tell you this, that Yeshua is coming back, and he's returning, as 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says, with the sound of the trump. So we know he's coming with the trumpet. Now, this is prophetically talking about Yom Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets, and that he's going to be judging for 10 days, right? Whatever time period that ends up being, he'll there'll be Yom Kippur. But then once, once the dust settles, right? Once everything happens, the gates close. Those of us that are in the city, we're in the city. Those of us that are out of the city, and by those of us, I mean those of them <laughs> that are outside of the city, the, the wailing and the gnashing of teeth, the, the you know, not-so-foolish virgins, the wise virgins on the inside of the city, the the foolish virgins on the outside of the city. There's all these parables about what happens, right? This, this, this prophetic coming of, of the Lord and who's involved and that there will be people that make it, people that don't make it. My prayer for you, every one of you that is listening, is that God <clears throat> gets into your heart. He, you receive the salvation through his, his only son, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and that you receive a spirit of humility to start practicing his feast days as rehearsals so that you can just start to receive what a joy it is that these things are going to be happy. Because guess what? Yeshua is going to come, and you know maybe they in our transformed bodies, he just gives us like special knowledge, right? But there's going to need to be people that are encouraging those that are confused and don't understand what's going on. And we want to be those people. We want to be, we want to have those, you know, administrative positions, right, within the kingdom where we can really, you know, make an impact in the next, you know, in the next reality. Amen. And that's what Tabernacles will be, is it'll be a new reality for all of us because we'll be literally with the Lord Yeshua himself. You know, the Torah helps to prepare us for his return. And so when people dog us out and come after us, you know, we say, hey, listen, the Torah equips me. It helps me to be the bride that he's looking for. You know, remember what, what's going to happen. People are going to do all these things in his name. He says, depart from me. I, I never knew you. You did these things in my name, but I didn't ask you to do those things. I didn't ask you to do this or that. And so people are doing their own things. So, so for me, my personal experiences for Tabernacles is quite evident. 
I have four things here in my own personal testimony. Number one, uh, I had the, uh, the privilege to go on these Israel trips for tabernacles, the Feast of Tabernacles. In 1996, 97, 98, 2010, and then 2016. So out of my, what, seven times going to Israel, five of them was tabernacles. Wow. One was Passover and one was Shavuot mm. with uh, Josiah and Nehemiah, which was back in 2015 for Shavuot. So here, here we go. How about this one? We began a, uh, my wife and I began a courtship, um, my wife of 21 years, on October 19th, 1997 in Jerusalem during Tabernacles. So that's what happened with my wife and I. He hooked us up. It was outstanding. So number three, my third son, Micah, was born during the Feast of Tabernacles, October the 1st, 2004. And today is his birthday. Happy birthday, Micha, 16 years old. Micha. Yeah. Happy birthday. He's not driving yet, thank God. Last but not least, I went to Israel with my wife to celebrate Tabernacles in 2010, and she was pregnant with my second daughter, Adea Rachel. So there are my testimonies for the Feast of Tabernacles. It's outstanding. It's incredible. It's such a great joy. And so I am all jacked up, really excited and thankful for Tabernacles, for Sukkot. I'm expecting great things. And we're just praying for all of you listeners, all you brothers and sisters out there that's got Torah on your minds and your hearts. Go build you a sukkah, get you some palm branches. Amen. Amen. So, um, you know, as we're closing out here, um, talking about tabernacles, past, present, and future. And we're looking towards uh, the future. Because why do we keep the festivals today? Because they're convocations, they're mikras. They are rehearsals. And so we're looking towards that marriage supper of the Lamb. And so Revelation chapter uh, 19, I'm going to read verses 1 through 10. It says this, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments, for he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Hallelujah! And her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Hallelujah! And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard as if it were the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a mighty thunderings, and for the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do, do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren, that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Hallelujah. Man, what a blessed hope we have in our God and in our Messiah, Yeshua, forever and ever. Tabernacles is an awesome, awesome feast. You know, before uh, I understood anything about the festivals or the Torah, um, 
you know, I was just within mainstream Christianity and I read the Bible and, and I loved God and I prayed and I, you know, I saw, um, the, the effectual, you know, nature of the Holy Spirit in my life, but it is now that I have a, a bigger understanding of God's ways and his festivals and the things that he's doing that there's just the fullness of his power and his glory is just made manifest in the feast. And tabernacles is a special one because it's, it's, it's unity. It's about gathering together in the name of the Lord. And so I bless you uh, from Brandon, Florida. May someday we all bless each other as we gather together on tabernacles with Yeshua himself in Zion. Hallelujah. Bless you guys. Have a great week. <laughs>